The views, opinions, and comments expressed by hosts, guests, and callers of this show are not necessarily those of this station, its parent company, TeleSouth Media, its staff, management, or advertisers. Content of this broadcast cannot be duplicated or used in any way without the express written consent of TeleSouth Media Incorporated. Now, join us for Advisors Roundtable with your hosts, certified financial planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus. It's professional advice for your life. Welcome to the Advisors Roundtable, certified financial planners, Bubba Labus and yours truly, Greg Cooley with you. Hope you're doing well. Thank you for joining us on Super Talk Radio. So, Bubba, um, you know, we've had this pandemic we've been dealing with here for a few months in 2020, and uh, we've seen a few what they call systemic problems rear their ugly head. That means we got a problem with the systems. Mm-hmm. Um, there are things related to health care, things related to how individuals take care of themselves, we saw the statistic about how many people don't wash their hands when they go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Huh? Right. Which, uh, pandemic or not, dude, that's just gross. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, we, we have the various systems that we deal with. One of the systems we deal with is the financial system. Have you seen very many uh, system problems related to the financial system and, and, and uh, you know, financial America that, um, you know, this pandemic has really exposed uh, some things that, you know, we ought to be doing better. We should have learned our lesson when we came through Katrina or we should have learned our lesson when we came through the oil issues of the 1970s and we just gotten a little lazy you know i i really haven't given that question question much thought because i haven't haven't thought about it in those those uh, those terms right or that, or that perspective yeah yeah i i think that probably so yeah. I'd, I'd need to give it a little bit more thought to 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 say specifically yeah okay well this is the way that it, it's currently done, mm-hmm. and we should have learned our lesson from this, mm-hmm. but they're still doing it this way. Like on Wall Street, they yeah. they kind of have learned from past mm-hmm. issues. They have these circuit breakers, and if right. the market starts selling either mm-hmm. too hot or too cold in certain areas, you know, it goes down a certain percentage, yeah. they stop for a certain period of time, and they've yeah. kind of figured it out. Whoa, stop. Take a breath. I, I will say this about Wall Street, okay? And, and this is about the trading floor at the New York Stock Exchange, et cetera, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they shut down the floor at the New York Stock Exchange mm-hmm. with little fanfare. Yeah. And markets continued on mm-hmm. and uh, because so, mu- so much of it is electronically driven now. And mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. over the last week, maybe they've started allowing people to come back onto the floor, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even so... Uh, I remember the first day that nobody was there, and mm-hmm. there was really no interruption and no hiccup. So yeah. I think that's probably one thing that's good. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's an indication mm-hmm. you can learn sure. from past issues mm-hmm. and put in place a system that can possibly address the next one. And I, I would suspect that that system came in into play mm-hmm. around 9-11. Mm-hmm. When they mm-hmm. shut down the markets and they mm-hmm. said, look, we've got to have contingency plans in place. What if the New York Stock Exchange isn't here? Mm-hmm. Um, 
what do you do? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, we go back to 9-11 and we've all seen the video of those crazy guys walking Mm -hmm. through what we at that time called security at the airport Mm -hmm. and getting on the planes and bringing them down. Yeah. We've seen that. And so now going to an airport was different. Mm -hmm. The system was different. Well, now we're probably going to have to change it again. Right. Because now, in addition to making it so secure, now we're going to try to make it pretty close to sterile. Mm-hmm. Huh? Right. And so that's going to change that system. And, you know, the the security side, by and large, we've done real well since 9-11. Mm-hmm. There have been a couple hiccups here and there. And a couple people have gotten through some things on their shoes or maybe a pen knife or whatever. Mm-hmm. But majority of the time... You feel pretty secure. Yeah. But now we're going to think about feeling secure and feeling healthy. Right. Huh? And, the, you know, the technology is there. Mm-hmm. They've got the cameras that can uh, look at somebody and mm-hmm. do a digital readout and, and say, well, you know, Phil over there, mm-hmm. you know, if he walks through the doorway, he gets captured by this camera and it says, well, he's got a 99.2 temperature. Back up. Yeah. What's wrong with Phil today? <laughs> yeah. And then the alarms go off and, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. yeah. And I saw a picture the other day and I want to say it was like in Cutter. But it was one of the Middle Eastern countries mm-hmm. where they have basically built a couple cities in the last 15 mm-hmm. years from scratch. Right. From where the dust was. Mm-hmm. And now they got, you know, things that rival uh, Las Vegas and New York. Sure. They have brand new airports over there. And it's these, they're these walls you walk between. Mm-hmm. And, and those walls have all these different sensors. And you'll get about halfway down this wall and it's like an escalator and you turn your body... And one of them is, is scanning you to make sure you don't have, you know, guns or bombs. Mm-hmm. But the other one also is scanning you physically. Right. And doing the temperature thing mm-hmm. and whatever. And when you get to the, they said the average person can go through security once they step on that escalator mm-hmm. in two minutes. Okay. So the last time, and you and I try to do TSA pre-check. Yeah, right. Right. When, right. We, when we fly. Which, let me tell everybody out there, TSA pre-check is awful. Don't do it. (laughs) You know? I don't need that line jammed up for me to go through it. We don't want you over there with us, right? Is that what you're saying? Right. (laughs) Because we like to move through. But even if you're going through the TSA line. I've got it down, though. I mean, going through the TSA pre-check line, I can get through there pretty doggone quick. But it's going to take you five or ten minutes most of the time. It's going to take at least. Probably five minutes. Mm Mm-hmm. Unless you've got a line, then they, mm-hmm. you know it's going to be 10, 15 minutes. Your, your place in the queue, but but uh, it beats forty minutes over in the other line. Uh huh. Yeah. And so now, in addition to thinking about the time mm-hmm. and thinking about the security, we're going to be thinking about the health issue mm-hmm. and sterile issues and cleanliness issues yeah. and and who sneezed and you know. Paying attention to that a little more these days. How how long will it be before we've got a mirror in our bathroom mm-hmm. that can do a digital scan of us and say, mm-hmm. "Well, you know, it looks like you're coming down with uh, mm-hmm. an ear infection today," or mm-hmm. you know, your your oxygen count's a little low, or mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah, I, I think it's on the horizon. Coming. Oh, it's coming, and and you know, people would would say, you know, go go gadget arms, right? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't think that those things are around and out there, mm-hmm. but you know. 
no 20 doubt. years ago, you would think that being able to have a video conversation on your watch with somebody <laughs> around the world yeah, was yeah, just yeah, crazy, yeah, right? Yeah, And you can do that today. Week. Exactly. Uh, uh, so what my thought is today and what I would like us to think about today is systems. Mm-hmm. What systems, specifically financial systems, maybe something you personally do related to the financial system needs to be improved now that maybe we've been exposed here on Super Talk. Welcome back to Super Talk and to the Advisors Roundtable, Certified Financial Planners, Bubba Labus, and yours truly, Greg Cooley, with you. And uh, we've been talking about systems and this pandemic and actually any kind of challenge to our system, uh, whether it's uh, the physical and the health system or whether it's the travel system or whether it's the financial system, uh, we learn when we are challenged. We learn when we realize that, you know, I'm not doing that well enough or we're not doing that well enough or this is not set up as well as it should be set up. Um, you know, we, we learned about uh, security coming through 9-11, unfortunately. We, uh, the, the stock market learned about how to set circuit breakers. Um, there's one that, that I think that we really need to be thinking about in our society is large gatherings, um, concerts, ball games, churches, you know, conventions, large gatherings. How do you think we're going to do gatherings differently than we've done them in the past? I, last time I went to a concert, I took my daughter's to Nashville and we saw Maroon 5 mm -hmm. and you know there are like 20,000 people in there right and I think I bumped into every one of them mm -hmm. <laughs> on my way in sure you know I felt like I did I stood in this long line I got, got through ticketing uh, and got up to you know in there and everybody had to have a concession and then of course they wanted a t-shirt you got to go to the restroom before you go sit down yeah, I think that's all part of the experience, though. It has been. Being crammed into a space and, and you have, uh, you know, somebody next to you that you've never met before mm -hmm. and you talk to them a little bit about, you know, what's your favorite song or yeah, this yeah, or that yeah, or what yeah, that, yeah, where are you yeah. from, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so how are we going to do that The sights, the smells. Yeah. And I don't know if you can do it differently. Right, you can't replicate that experience mm. of having that many people into mm. one area, all that sort of Scared thing. Scary to think about. Maybe it. you do it outside, mm. but you're still going to be packed into an amphitheater bowl next yeah. to somebody. So does that help any? So instead of having twenty thousand in there, let's yeah. say that you know they they didn't let us sit so close. So every other seat there was somebody. There are only mm. ten thousand. So right. I mean, I'm going to pay twice the price. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Huh. How's it going to be to go to uh, concessions? Maybe you don't go to concessions. Maybe they bring them back to you. Right. And everything's wrapped, mm -hmm. a pre-wrapped thing. And, you know, yeah. if you're going to get yourself a Coke, you're going to get one of those 20-ounce screw-off tops. 
Or or do we get another six months down the road? We've got a vaccine to this thing. Uh-huh. Things go back to, to semi-normal. Uh-huh. You know, there there's still uh, a case for social distancing, right? Uh-huh. Uh, people are not shaking hands anymore, which is kind of odd in our, our profession and our business, uh-huh. you know, for somebody to come in and, you know. You it, can't shake their it's hand. It's a standard greeting, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, you've been taught that yeah. from a child. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's a, that, that's a real concern. The other thing is, so what? I, I, and, and I don't mean to, this to sound flippant, but we get a va- a vaccine for this one. Yeah, there's going to be another one. I mean, we we learn mm-hmm. that every year when it comes to the flu. Right. You go get that inoculation for mm-hmm. last year's strain. Right. Sorry, buddy. You hope it works against this year's. <laughs> yeah, and so you know. W- w- if we're going to learn and we're going to adapt, um, especially when it comes to large gr- gatherings, a few things at least are probably going to be different. Mm-hmm. They're probably going to be more uh, hand sanitizer stations, you know, more of those pumps throughout churches and coliseums and, and stadiums. Um, I don't know if we're going to have more restrooms or not. Uh, I don't know uh, how we're going to do concessions, but we're going to rethink that. Um, is that necessarily a bad thing, or is it just taxing our brains? I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't think it's a bad thing at all. I, I, and I go back to the example that I shared a minute ago, mm-hmm. you know, with the New York Stock Exchange mm-hmm. shutting its doors, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was something that came as a matter of necessity. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe there, maybe things do go back to to what might be a little bit more normal that we remember. Mm-hmm. But the next time a virus rolls around, there's a different way to do concerts. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's more of a pay per view thing that you do, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. on a television or computer screen. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, um, now that we've done this mm-hmm. and we get ready to do it again, maybe we can do it in different ways and not have to shut everything down. You know, you, you may be able to still go to church. Sure. You just go to church a little differently. Yeah. I mean, we started to, uh, you know, go digital mm-hmm. real quickly. Yeah. Most churches did. And I think most of them um, are, you know, had really good attendance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for those uh, digital services. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not necessarily on Sunday morning or right. whenever you went mm-hmm. to church traditionally. Right. But throughout the week. Sure. You know, I, I record a, 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 a lesson, a Sunday school lesson for hours, and it's posted on YouTube. And, you know, on Monday, we'll see that 12 people watched. And mm-hmm. on Tuesday, there's, there, you know, 15 people watched. And on, on Wednesday, you know, we're, we're up to 40. Uh, and, you know, by the time Thursday gets here, we're close to 75. It, 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 it indicates that... It allows people to have a little more flexibility yeah. about how they ingest it. Um, and so that's probably not a bad thing. Last week, I think we had 175, 200 people that showed they'd watched my 12, 15-minute lesson. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, I have about 20 to 30 in my class. Yeah. So that's given me an opportunity to you know do something to six or seven more times sure. than I usually do. Right. Um, it's not a, I hope that's not a bad thing. No. Uh, so learning through this uh, will be, I think, probably better for us. 
sometimes we just have to be shaken into drastically learning stuff, don't we? Well, you need to adapt and you need to innovate. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and I would I would say where there's a will, there's a way, mm-hmm. right? If mm-hmm. if you want to do certain things, you're mm-hmm. going to figure out a way to make things happen. Yeah. And it may not be in the in the traditional sense that you've always done in the past, uh-huh. but you're going to find a way to accomplish what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And in some instances, uh, being forced to innovate mm-hmm. is is going to cause you to be more efficient in what you do. So the other day I saw yeah. this thing, and it goes right along with this point you just made. I saw this thing where it's the average American and how many new tech-related things the average American learns per year mm-hmm. over the last five years. Now, I got daughters and they're under the age of 21 right and they're eating up with apple and windows Mm -hmm. and phones and samsung and android and whatever whatever Mm -hmm. and they probably learn 12 or 15 new things a month Mm -hmm. you know how to do this and how to shrink this and how to duplicate that and how to blah 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 stream whatever they are and you know then you take my mother-in-law and she probably learned two things last Mm -hmm. year right you know where, you know, I showed her how to send a text message. Mm-hmm. So they took all those and put them together and said, the average American, 16 or above, how many new tech-related things have they been learning on a yearly basis? And it was 30. Okay. Okay? Now, that's uh, on a yearly basis, over the last five years, the average person in America has learned 30 tech things. And you're th- probably in your car and you're thinking, I haven't learned 30 things. Well, you probably learned two or three things uh, new about how to do the technology at work Mm -hmm. they've probably improved one of the things on a machine they've done something different with the software you use you probably learned one or two things about what your car's capable of right last year Mm -hmm. that you know so let's say that was 30 over the last five years 30 on on an average year Mm -hmm. you learn 30 new things they said that in the last five months the average american has learned 50 yeah I believe it. That was forced on us, but you're probably better with your phone now. You're probably better with your computer now. You're, you know, you probably know a little bit more about, you know, Zoom and Uber conference and go to meeting and all mm-hmm. those things than you did. You're probably more comfortable with FaceTime than you were. I bet some of you like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You think? Right. Talk to those grandkids every night before mm-hmm. they go to bed, those precious things. Sure. And all you have to have is a phone that will allow right. you to do it. But I may not have been forced into that and may not have. My brain and my day-to-day mm-hmm. life may not have been forced into 50 new things in the last five months if something didn't come out of left field. But, I mean, you, you talk about a grandparent learning how to FaceTime with a grandchild. Mm-hmm. I mean, that and what we kind of take for granted now, mm-hmm. as little as five years ago, that wasn't available. No. You know? Not at all. Not at all. And, and actually, my daughter, my youngest one, mm-hmm. she's a little more into this and more into communicating it to us. The other one, she knows it and thinks you, you ought to know it. And if you mm-hmm. don't know it, she ain't got time to teach you. Right. You know, but the youngest one kind of loves to show me mm-hmm. I don't know stuff sure. or whatever. But we'll be in the middle of something and she'll say, Dad, reverse your camera. 
And I'll say, well, how do I do that? Well, you go to the top right up there mm-hmm. and touch the screen, and then that little thing that looks like it's got these two arrows that are going mm-hmm. in circles, touch that. And all of a sudden, I can see on the other side. Right. Well, the other day, she was talking to me about something. We were FaceTiming, and she could see me. I could see her. And she told me to temporarily reverse my camera so I could see myself. Mm-hmm. Well, I did, and we'd, I'd been eating ice cream, and I had this big old glob <laughs> right, <laughs> of vanilla ice cream on the end of my mm-hmm. nose. I had no yeah. idea. Mm-hmm. She thought it was hilarious. Right. Dad, and I wouldn't have known that. Mm-hmm. Or she wouldn't have been able to show me unless I did. That was cool. So we are going to have to adapt. Now, we've done half the show on what we've done so far as a society yeah. and some of the systems that need to be changed. The rest of the show, I want to talk about the financial system. Okay. And you individually on the street in Mississippi, Tennessee, Alabama. What needs to be changed for you here on the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio? Welcome back to Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. Bubba Labus and Greg Cooley, two certified financial planners with you, here giving you personal and professional advice for your life. So, Bubba, we're uh, talking a little bit about some systemic changes, some things that probably need to happen as a result of the fact that we've uh, been challenged a little bit in our society. Um, And personally, a couple things I think really need to change. First of all, um, I think Americans need to quit um, being in denial that they're going to have financial challenges. I think a lot of people are just, you know, living one day to the next, and they're just hoping, you know, the transmission doesn't go out, the the the, the tire doesn't blow, the kid doesn't yeah. get sick, and they've lived their entire lives mm-hmm. hoping that tomorrow, you know, they'll just get through it. Guess what? There's going to be days you're not going to get through it without a challenge. It's going to happen. Whether it's a pandemic from Wuhan, China, mm-hmm. or whether it's you know the, the child getting sick, right. you're going to have financial challenges. Do you run into it? And we talked about it, about it yesterday a little bit about one of the major uh, things that people have to deal with and emotions that they have to combat uh, about not being a success and not doing well at things is avoidance. Mm-hmm. I, I think we got to get past trying to avoid stuff. It's going to happen. Right. In the 1970s, there was a kind of a, uh, a, 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 a bumper sticker my mother didn't want me to, uh, to have. Uh, and then, you know, uh, uh, Forrest Gump came out. And it Picture happens. Picture of a smiley it, face. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it, it happens. It does. And it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. The rest of your life, it's going to happen. Quit being in, uh, filled with avoidance. Mm-hmm. You need to save some money. You need to have some money put aside. You need to be prepared for the rainy day. You may need to have some insurance. There are a number of things you need to do that you just need to quit addressing them the way you've addressed them. When people come to your office and they have issues, they're you know financial issues. If you had, if they had, had a plan in place, if they had 
tried to handle it differently, if they had a little bit of savings, if they had admitted that it happens, mm-hmm. um, how many of them would have been more successful? I, I would say in just about all instances, all of them would have been more successful. If, if we just quit avoiding it. Right. If we quit, quit being in denial. Yeah. Be prepared. Be prepared. This is not the only one that's going to happen. We pointed that out in the earlier segment that, you know, even if we get a vaccine here, something else is going to come out. You know, along with that, being prepared, having a little bit of money squirreled away, that sort of, you know, a lot of people uh, would say, you know, well, Bubba, I just can't do that. You know, you're telling me that I need to have six months worth of living expenses saved up. Ideally, yes. Ideally, you would, yeah, right? Yeah. And and they look at it and they say, you know, that's gonna that's gonna be ten thousand dollars for me for the bare necessities for six months, mm-hmm. or it's gonna be twenty thousand. I don't I don't mm-hmm. know what the number is, right? That they say, I can't save that much money. I've never had that much money in my life. Mm-hmm. And I tell them, well, we'll start somewhere. Yeah. You know, let's let's set a goal of a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars. That's better than nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then when you get there, say, okay, great, wonderful. Yeah. You need a pat on the back because you've never had fifteen hundred dollars saved up before. <laughs> Let's right. let's shoot for two thousand or twenty five hundred. Yeah, I'm looking at some yeah. new statistics mm-hmm. here, and uh, th- these are statistics that come out of the Schwartz Center for Economic Policy and Analysis. I, I, I'm gonna stop you just a second, right? Because there are a number of folks that have just gotten a stimulus. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I know that we're in difficult times. You may have lost your job, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But if you didn't lose your job mm-hmm. and you got the economic stimulus. Right, mm-hmm. and you've never had that savings fund before. Mm-hmm. Don't go out and blow it on a TV, yeah, or a down payment on a four wheeler, yeah. Sock it away and save it, yeah. There you go. You, I yeah. mean, you've already, you know, if your if your goal is five thousand dollars, you're twenty percent of your way there. At least save some of it mm-hmm. because these statistics that I'm reading to you from the Schwartz Center for Economic Policy Analysis it says that half of Americans. Don't have a thousand dollars. Half of us, half of them, don't yeah. have a thousand. And you're telling me I probably need more than a thousand because you want me to have six months saved up, yeah. saved up, mm-hmm. so that the next time I get laid off, next time you know something happens, next time we have a partial shutdown, the next time that I get sick, the next time that I have a partial disability, the next time my my spouse loses their job, whatever. I've got something to fall back on, and I don't have to take the first ditch-digging job that comes along. That's right. Maybe I can actually be a little selective there, mm-hmm. and I can keep the lights on. Yep. Uh, so why not? You know, we're one of the richest countries in America, and we got, you know, uh, uh, per capita income is pretty high. Now, I know that's negatively affected by professional athletes and mm-hmm. entertainers and very, very, very rich people. But still, you know, why, why don't we have $1,000? And that brings me to my second point. First of all, I think we need to be more in awareness, less in avoidance. And that's number one. Second thing, I think, is we need to have better financial literacy. Absolutely. You know? We need to start early. I couldn't agree with that more. You know, we, we need to be talking about yeah. it when you're a kid. Mm-hmm. You, your, your parents need to talk about it a little bit in front of you. They need to encourage you. You know, 
Um, Maybe uh, give your children examples. Yeah. Even real day. <laughs> yeah. Real life examples. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 My boys are already well familiar with the the term interest and how much I charge <laughs> on loans. <laughs> Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Now, some folks would say it's a little bit usury. Yeah. There's another word they yeah. need to understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Financial literacy. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just talking about uh, literate to the point that you know the definition of the word. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about literate to the point that you know the application of the word. Right. You need to learn how to uh, kind of budget your expenses. Mm-hmm. You're going away for a weekend. I, I tell people sometimes, they say, man, I don't know about working out a budget for the whole year. Yeah, That seems we wishful thinking. I say, Let's start with a weekend. Mm-hmm. You're going away for the weekend. Going to see the in-laws down on the coast. Give yourself a budget. This is what we're going to spend on gasoline. This is what we're going to mm-hmm. spend on food. This is what we're going to spend on housing. Try to stay within that budget, mm-hmm. you know. Don't be an ogre, you know. You go out to eat, yeah, maybe you'll have them have a dessert once this weekend mm-hmm. or something. But on the other hand, uh, you know, give yourself a little practice at, I, I really tell people that budget's basically a, a control thing. Yep. It's a question about whether you can control yourself. Mm-hmm. It's, it, you know, can you or not? Are you concerned enough about it that you're going to give yourself a list of things you will and will not do? And will you try to control yourself through it? So financial literacy. Talk, two or three things about financial literacy. First of all, um, when you become more financially literate, when you become more literate in any subject, don't you feel more prepared? Mm-hmm. Feel a little taller? Yeah. Feel a little smarter? You, know, you hang around a guy who is a mechanic. If you don't know where the crankshaft is, you better keep your mouth shut. Mm-hmm. Huh? You don't know what axles are. If you've never seen a bearing, if you've got no idea what gears are and mm-hmm. how they work, it, 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 relay. I mean, there yep. are a number of things here. You probably need to kind of review some terms if you're going to be hanging around with your brother-in-law who's a mechanic. Because he's going to be talking, you want to understand half the stuff he's talking about, right? Absolutely. And the same but I, thing. But I can now say that I know how to adjust the valves on a 1958 Land Rover. There you go. Because you, you hang out and you watch, you pay attention, mm-hmm. you learn, mm-hmm. learn from mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Have an interest mm-hmm. in it. Realize this, this is going to benefit you to have this extra knowledge. One morning, I'm on my way to work. Here in Corinth, Mississippi, I'm on my way to work, and I drive down this one little two-lane street headed toward my office. There's a car there on the side of the street parked right near the curb. There's a guy squatted down, basically squatting out into the street, looking at the rear, one of the rear tires, and he's got his phone out. So I s- slow down, and I roll up to him, and I roll down the window, and I said, Got a problem? He said, No, I'm just changing the tire. I thought, you're not changing the tire. I don't see a tire iron. I don't see a jack. I don't see anything. And I'm still looking at him like, no, you're not changing the tire. You're squatted down in the middle of the street with a phone. What are you expecting? A genie to pop Mm. out of, you know, to do it? And he looked back over his shoulder and he said, I don't know how I'm looking it up on YouTube. Mm -hmm. 
I said, okay, all yep. right. I think you probably have that handled. Right. I've seen those guys on YouTube before, and I know they know how to coach you yep. through this. But he, he was trying to increase his literacy. Mm-hmm. Nobody had ever told him. And maybe there are people yeah. out there, many of us, nobody's ever told us. Right. Nobody gave me an example. Nobody explained it to me. Nobody used the terms maybe where you grew up. And maybe you're going to have to do the YouTube video or listen to advisors roundtable from time to time. But the second point of what I think we need to do is after don't avoid anymore is secondly, increase our literacy. And we're going to go to break and we come back. We're going to talk about how to do that here on Super Talk at the Advisors Roundtable. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified Financial Planners, Bubba Labus, and yours truly, Greg Cooley, with you here on Super Talk Radio. So, Bubba, um, we've been talking about some systemic changes that may need to happen um, all around us. And we've talked a little bit about what we need to do personally on the financial basis to be able to get, become more prepared, more successful. Uh, number one is quit avoiding it. Number two is become more financially literate. So how do we do that? Two or three things. Number one, I think it starts at home. Mm-hmm. You touched on it a minute ago. We need to be talking about these things. Um, I think there are two or three things that you need to know before you leave home when you're 18 years old. Whether you go and get a job or whether you go off to college, whether you go to the military, whatever happens in your life, two or three things you need to know. Now, I've got my list of, of the things mm-hmm. I, I think you need to know. But if you look back at your life, over 20 years ago, right? Yeah. You were 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Over 20 years ago. So now if you look back, if you could have been the 40-year-old Bubba talking to the 18-year-old Bubba about financial matters, right. financial literacy, give me a couple things that 40-year-old Bubba would have said to 18-year-old Bubba. Don't ever sign a personal guarantee for anybody. <laughs> Let me repeat. Don't ever sign a personal guarantee for anybody. All right. So yeah. those of us who yeah. have done it mm-hmm. or those of us who are aware of how those things work, right. a lot of us are snickering around right. radio land right yeah. now. However, there are many people who don't know what the heck you just said. Right. A personal guarantee for anybody. What are you talking about? So basically I'm talking about a business uh, that I was uh, a partial owner in. I own stock in that business. Mm-hmm. And the business needed capital. And mm-hmm. they went out and they borrowed money for it. Okay. And I was, uh, as par- a part owner, also listed as a borrower mm-hmm. on that note. Okay. So let's say there were 10 of you. Yep. And you went and, and borrowed we borrowed $100,000. So each of us were on the hook for $10,000, right? Mm-hmm. Belly goes, uh, business goes belly up. Mm-hmm. I'm still on the hook for the 10 grand. Business not there, yep. not giving you any income, but you still got to come up with a way to pay off your portion of what's left. So I, I lost my initial investment into the business, and mm-hmm. I also lost the money that I had to pay back to the bank because you had signed because that of what personal was, guarantee. Was borrowed. Yeah. Now I'm not saying that it's necessarily a bad thing. Maybe sometimes it works out in your favor. You mm-hmm. need, um, mm-hmm. but it's one thing that I learned that mm-hmm. I'm going to take a real hard, close look at before I ever do that again. Yeah. 
A lot of people sign personal guarantees, mm-hmm. not just in the business situation, but in the but personal. Maybe for a child. Yeah. You co-sign on a loan for them to go to college, uh-huh. right? Yeah, yeah. Or, you know. Uh, co-sign on a car note. Brother-in-law comes mm-hmm. along and say, man, you know, I just got laid off. Yeah. And I, I, I'm going to need a new car because mm-hmm. I, I think I've got a job possibility in Memphis. Right. And I need a reliable car mm-hmm. to get me from here to there. Sure. Will you co-sign this note? Mm-hmm. And what that's what we're talking about here. Co-signing. Yep. Now, the way it works legally is if you co-sign a note with me, you probably initially think, well, you know, I'm going to be in this with Greg mm-hmm. and we're going to be halves. Right. And Greg, you know, even if the worst happened, Greg will pay half and I'll pay half it. No, 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 no. Yeah. You're on it for the collective. You could be on it yeah. for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Greg goes belly up and got no income, and the bank comes calling. He want they want the whole thing from both of you or from one of you. Right. I I would also say you know going back and and if I were talking to a younger version of myself, mm-hmm. I would say start saving money earlier. Okay. So I mean, granted, I'm I'm on track and I'm mm-hmm. saving the money that I I feel like I need to be saving for my retirement and other goals and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Feel good about that. But if I had had number one sacrificed a little bit early on, which you know, you get out of college, you're mm-hmm. working, et cetera, et cetera, you don't have a whole lot of money. But mm-hmm. I should have started saving something, mm-hmm. right? Just one or two percent. Yeah. One or two percent. Yeah. And I think it would have made a tremendous difference uh, today, as opposed to when I got started twenty something years ago. Yeah. So number one, know what you're signing. Right. Number two, save a little earlier. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Um, I would say um, consider what you're giving to charity mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and maybe start that a little bit sooner. Mm-hmm. That would be one thing that I would have changed. You mm-hmm. know, I, I was making okay money, but I uh, didn't really tithe or give to the church or charities mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I probably would encourage my younger self to do that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Earlier on. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And I think that, you know, it's twofold. Um, Number one, you're helping out those organizations that are in need and Mm -hmm. and rely on those. So that's that's one aspect of it. Absolutely. But number two, if you're giving money to charities and churches and and you name it, Mm -hmm. right, Mm -hmm. you're disciplining yourself to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And by having that discipline, you're able to save in other areas. Yeah. So it, 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 it's kind of a, like a compounding effect, right? Yep. It, it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Sure. If I get really good at mm-hmm. this, I'm going to be probably pretty good at the rest of my money. Right. Because if the, the twin bub over there didn't mm-hmm. give anything away, he's spending 100%. But if I give away 10%, I've only got, I'm making myself live on 90. Right. Huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, you just automatically are. Yeah. The twin bubble over there would be blowing the whole 100. Mm-hmm. But if you're making yourself live on the 90, guess what? I bet. I bet you'll be better with your 90 than he is with his 100. Sure. You'll probably save better. You'll probably mm-hmm. give more. You'll probably more, be more conscious. You will be. You know? If there's an unlimited spread of food in front of you, you're not really worried about dropping any on the floor. Mm-hmm. Not really worried about how well you cut the cake, how much mayonnaise you put on the sandwich. But if there's a limited amount there, you're aware of it. And you're going to make it go as far as it possibly can. All right. So I would add to your list a couple things that I think everybody when they're 18 
need to know um, early on. So, somebody needs to teach you, or you need to make sure you taught yourself. Well, first of all, I hope that you knew how to tie, change a tire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but, but that's a different issue. But yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. I want to give. I I, I want to be uh, saving uh, all those sorts of. I I need to be aware of the effect of a dollar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is uh, how it affects charity, how it affects me, how it affects saving, how much of my life I have to put into earning that thing. Mm-hmm. How many minutes it took me. You'll respect it a whole lot more if you know you're aware of the value of the dollar. Next one, credit. I need to understand how credit works. Mm-hmm. I need to understand uh, well, how interest works. I need to understand how credit cards work. I need to understand that that ain't free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just because it doesn't hurt and you got this piece of plastic and you can walk up there and you can swipe it and you know they'll let you walk out with the stuff. It seems like it was free. No. At the end of the month, you're going to get the statement. They're going to want to be compensated for fronting you the money because that's really what that's what's mm-hmm. happening, right? Right. Credit card is fronting you that money. You go in and spend 30 bucks, you swipe that thing, it's their $30 that went to the, mer- the merchant. Mm-hmm. All right. And so later on, they want their $30 back. And if you don't pay them within a grace period, you're going to owe interest. You need to understand how that mechanism works. Also, how correctly using it can help you. Mm hmm. Because you need a credit rating. Yeah, you do. And how to get that thing started at the right time early in life. You know, use of credit cards, small loans, student loans, uh, being able to qualify for cars and mortgages and those sorts of things. You need to understand how that works. If you don't understand, ask somebody. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people who would willingly tell you. See, Bubba passionately told us, about co-signing something, didn't right. he? He would willingly tell anybody on the street that story. Right? Yeah. Because you're passionate about mm-hmm. it. It affected you. There are a lot of people who have used credit cards incorrectly or right. used debt incorrectly. They'll passionately tell you about and it. And they'll say, do not use credit cards. Yeah. Or yeah. if you use them, understand them. Right. Understand the mechanism. Understand how they work. Understand the principle. So I would do those things. So financial literacy is a big thing. It needs to start at home. The other thing we need about financial literacy is we need it in schools. Well, it it, it not only needs to start at home, it needs to be in schools, and it doesn't need to stop. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. even 40-year-old Bubba today, if, even if I weren't in this industry, right, mm-hmm. things are constantly changing mm-hmm. uh, in regard to financial literacy, new products, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. So don't stop learning just because you know how to balance a checkbook. Yeah, that's exactly right. And think you've got it all mm-hmm. under control because, you know, everything changes from tax laws to estate laws to sausages. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> great to have you here on the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk. Always great to have you as listening. Hope you learned something. See you again right here.
The discussion and content expressed by the host of the Advisors Roundtable are intended to be received as news, educational, and entertainment or unit items and are not to be accepted by the listener as legal, investment, insurance, or tax advice. Opinions and views will be expressed by guests of the Advisors Roundtable and those opinions and views are those of the guests alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Advisors Roundtable host or any of its affiliated radio stations. All information provided is educational in nature and is not intended to be acted upon without first consulting the appropriately licensed professional of your choosing. Before acting upon any information obtained during an Advisors Roundtable broadcast, an individual should understand matters are extremely tax-specific and require advice tailored to individual facts and needs. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Andrew Labus are registered representatives of S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Securities offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Ignite Planners, LLC. Ignite Planners, LLC is not affiliated with S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated.